Section 26 of the Memorable Thoughts of Socrates by Xenophon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Darren Beckham in Topeka, Kansas. The Memorable Thoughts of Socrates by Xenophon. Translated by Edward Bish. Book 3, Chapter 9, Socrates Returns Suitable Answers to a Variety of Questions Proposed to Him. Another time, being asked whether courage can be learnt as an art, or was a gift of nature, he answered, In my opinion, as we see many bodies that are naturally more vigorous than others, and that better endure fatigue, so that there are some souls that are naturally more brave, and look dangers in the face with greater resolution. For I see some men who live under the same laws, who are brought up in the same customs, and who are not equally valiant. Nevertheless, I believe that education and exercise add much to natural courage. Whence comes to pass that the Scythians and the Thracians durst not face the Lacedaemonians with pikes and targets, and, on the contrary, that the Lacedaemonians would not fight against the Thracians with shields and darts, nor against the Scythians with bows. I see it to be the same in all other things, and that when some men are better inclined by nature for certain things than other men are, they very much advance and perfect themselves in those things by study and diligence. This shows that they who are most favored by nature, as well as those to whom she has been less indulgent, ought to apply themselves assiduously to the things by which they would gain themselves a reputation. He allowed no difference between knowledge and temperance, and he held that he who knows what is good and embraces it, who knows what is bad and avoids it, is learned and temperate, and when he was asked whether he believed that they, who know very well what ought to be done, but do quite otherwise, were learned and temperate. On the contrary, said he, they are very ignorant and very stupid, for, in my opinion, every man who, in the great number of possible things that offer themselves to him, can discern what is most advantageous for him to do, never fails to do it. But all who govern not themselves well, and as they ought, are neither learned nor men of good morals. He said likewise that justice in every other virtue is only a science, because all the actions of justice and of the other virtues are good and honorable, and that all who know the beauty of these actions think nothing more charming, as on the contrary, they who are ignorant of them cannot perform any one virtuous action, or, if they attempted to do it, are sure to perform it in a wrong manner, so that the persons only who possess this science can do just and good things. But all just and good actions are done by the means of virtue. Therefore, justice and virtue is only a science. He said, moreover, that folly is contrary to knowledge, and yet he did not allow ignorance to be a folly, but that not to know oneself, or to imagine one knows what he does not know, is a weakness next to folly. For he observed that among the vulgar a man is not accused of folly for being mistaken in things that are unknown to most of the world, but for mistaking in things which no man mistakes that knows anything at all. As if any man should think himself so tall as to be obliged to stoop when he came in at the gates of the city, or if he thought himself so strong as to undertake to carry away whole houses on his back, or to do any other thing visibly impossible, the people would say that he had lost his wits, which they do not say of those who commit only some slight extravagances, and as they give the name of love to the violent affection only, so they give the name of folly only to an extraordinary disorder of the mind. Reflecting on the nature of envy, 
he said that it is a certain grief of mind which proceeds not from the misfortune of friends or good fortune of enemies but which is very surprising only the prosperity of friends for said he those who may be truly said to be envious who cannot endure to see their friends happy but some wondering whether it were possible for a man to be grieved at the good fortune of his friends he justified the truth of what he had advanced by telling them plainly that there are some men so variously affected towards their friends that while they are in calamity and distress they will compassionate and succor them but when they are well and in prosperity will fret at and envy them but this he said is a fault from which wise and good men are free and never to be found but in weak and wicked minds as to idleness he said that he had observed that most men were always in action for they who play at dice or who serve to make others laugh are doing something but in effect they are idle because they might employ themselves more usefully to which he added that no man finds leisure to quit a good employment for an ill one and that if he did he would deserve the greater blame in that he wanted not something to do before he said likewise that the sceptre makes not the king and that princes and governors are not they whom chance or choice of the people has raised to those dignities nor those who have established themselves in them by fraud or force but they who know how to command for if it were allowed that it is the duty of a prince to command as it is the duty of a subject to obey he showed in consequence of it that in a ship where there are several persons the honor of commanding it is given to him who is most capable of it that all who obey him without accepting even the owner of the vessel that likewise in husbandry he to whom the land belongs obeys his own servants if they understand agriculture better than himself that thus the sick obey the physicians and they who learn exercises their masters nay that even women are masters of the men in working with the needle because they understand it better than they in short that in all things which require care and industry men govern themselves when they think they are capable of doing so otherwise they leave themselves to the conduct of such as they judge to have more capacity and to take care to have them near at hand for that purpose and if any man made him this objection that a tyrant is at liberty not to believe the best advices he answered why do you say he is at liberty not to do so seeing he will bear the smart of it for every man who shuts his ears to good counsel commits a fault and this fault is always attended with some damage and if it were said that a tyrant is permitted to put to death the men of the best parts and understanding in his state he replied again do you think he is not punished in losing his chief supports or that he will be quit for a slight punishment is it to govern in this manner the way to preserve himself or rather is it not the certain means to hasten his own ruin being asked what was the best study for a man to apply himself to he answered to do well and being asked further whether good fortune was the effect of study on the contrary said he i think good fortune and study to be two opposite things for what i call good fortune is when a man meets with what is necessary for him without the trouble of seeking it but when he meets with any good success after a tedious search and labor it is the effect of study this is what i call to do well and i think that all who take delight in this study are for the most part successful and gain the esteem of men and the affection of the deity such are they as have rendered themselves excellent in economy in physic and in politics but he who knows not any one thing perfectly is neither useful to men nor beloved by the gods end of section 26 recording by darren beckham in topeka kansas